Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. The thrill joins the Vegas Golden Knights. More after this. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. You could find us on YouTube at Locked On VGK, which is also our Twitter handle, we might add. And I am at Tony Dasco on Twitter. He is at TD Chris G. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Chris, Hi. is Phil Kessel still the thrill? I, I think he believes so. And, okay, so Kelly McCrimmon, just to set the scene, and then you can fire away. A little, It's Feisty Friday, too, and it's WTF Friday, or What the Friday as well. Okay, so Kelly McCrimmon, introducing Phil Kessel, said that VGK has been looking to sign a veteran forward. He said that there have been conversations going on for a while. I do not believe the teams were knocking down Phil Kessel's door. He said he had a couple of options. VGK was one. McCrimmon said he has a high-end skill set, unique to where VGK is at, has a great power play utility. That's going to be one of our go-to lines on this show in the future. Uh, he says they're going to put him in the top, uh, top nine. It comes off of a season where he had 52 points. He's played on two Stanley Cup championship teams. What does he have left in the tank, and where does he fit in with VGK? So there's a lot of things there. Um, Phil, the thrill, I, I think the thrill is Kirill Kaprizov, and you know, I think we might have to re- relegate to something a little different now. I mean, I don't know, was he ever the, the thrill? Maybe that, that might have been a self-nickname. I don't know, but I, I'm super happy about the signing, no doubt about that. Um, I was fortunate enough to uh, sneak in a question on the Twitter space Right after the trade, or excuse me, the signing was announced uh, Wednesday night with uh, Gary Lawless, and I asked about how he's going to fit in and the chemistry and what does he bring? Because in Arizona, right, he was he was the old man. He, he's still the old man, but in Arizona, he was the old man a bunch amongst a, really a bunch of up and comers on a team that was absolutely going nowhere, and it's still going nowhere. And now it's going to Northern Arizona with, you know, 5,000 fans in the, in the arena. And what Lawless alluded to is a few different things. One, he's going to be cool as a cool as a cucumber. That was what he said, as far as how he's going to be in the locker room, how he's going to be in pressure situations. It took Lawless all of 35 seconds, to start talking about when the golden Knights make the playoffs. And that's why I want to highlight for a second, because lawless did mention BGK did have some dry runs in the playoffs. So um, I, I keep on to say Kirill Kaprizov now, because you said the thrill earlier, you got me thinking about the other thrill who is the thrill. Um, so Phil Kessel, his playoff stats, this is important folks. I center myself. Here we go. 96 games played 34 and 47, 34 goals, 47 assists, 81 points. He is getting a playoff points, in 87% of his games played, folks, 87%. That by itself is absolutely huge. What does he have left in the tank? That's certainly very, very fair. He is uh, 34 years old right now. Is that right? 34 years old right now? 
Yep. October 2nd, 1987, in case you want to send a, send him a, a gift basket, Tony, by the way, that's his birthday. So 1,204 games played, folks. He is going to break the consecutive, God willing, and he doesn't have something bad happen. He's going to break the consecutive games played, you know, the Cal Ripken hockey version of it, if you will, for consecutive games played October 24th against the Toronto Maple Leafs right here in Vegas. We had 500 man games lost to injury, folks. Now we just signed potentially the most durable player in the modern day NHL. Yeah. Puts up 50 50 plus points on just a garbage Arizona team. Call it what it is. This is a huge signing folks. And did he have other offers on the table? Sure. Uh, I definitely want to offer. I think he just had one. Maybe, maybe, but we definitely want to compare the situation with Stasny right now. Right. So there's a bunch of people chirping out there that Stasny was possibly offered more money and turned down to come to Vegas. Like I find that kind of an, or turn, turn down more money to play in Vegas again. Supposedly he's still, I guess, a little upset about the trade a few years ago and all that, but he had a huge contract then. So I don't know, but yeah, so much, so much to go and take me down another path. Tony, go ahead. <laughs> no, William Carlson is the player that's most ecstatic about the arrival of Phil Kessel because last season, a career low shooting percentage of 4.6% for Kessel. And now Carlson's got a little bit of competition, I think. But I knew there was something coming, Tony. That's why I held on to the coffee and just froze for a second. I, <laughs> I just I want to, to see the point. coffee come out of your nose. That's my my goal every each and every day. I got so like Elliot ten Friedman, grand in sports cards on my desk right now. That would not be good. No, that would not be good. <laughs> Elliot Friedman said on his Thirty Two Thoughts podcast that VGK, yes, to your point, had offered Stasny a contract, and Paul Stasny turned it down. Offered more money. We got to find out what happened there. That's a pretty interesting take. Yeah, I think, um, again, this is all just in random spaces in the Twitterverse last night. A lot of random perspectives. I didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of people citing sources, but no one really coming to bat with anything big last night. So I'm not going to mention which um, which group just based off of that. But, you know, I saw a couple people going on back. Two people I, I, I know and respect in the industry kind of going up and back about that. But I guess Stasny... He's still a regular around Vegas. Obviously, we know this because he's, you know, he lives out here. Um, a regular city national, I guess, you know, still skates with some, you know, VGKs during the summer and stuff like that. So just based on that, it's hard for me to completely buy into the fact that Stasny was very unhappy about things. I mean, why are you going to hang out around the team? Why are you going to hang out in the arena? There, there's two other places that are not affiliated with BGK in this town, and that's the Las Vegas Ice Center. And then you have Fiesta up north until obviously that changes. So if he's looking for ice time, he can afford it. There's no doubt about that. And if he doesn't want to, you know, if VGK is that much of a haunting memory to him, he's not going to be at City National. So maybe he just, you know, he likes it here. He's happy here. Maybe it's the maybe it's the breakup, Tony, where you stay friends with your ex, right? You know, maybe things didn't work out when you were in a romantic relationship, but when you're friends, it's better. And maybe that's all it is. I don't know. Maybe he is a little sour about being traded for you know, basically a, a salary dump at the time. You know, he was, I think, w- was he like a $5 million salary back with VGK? And then we we we, we shut him for like a, a low level, you know, pick or a fourth liner or something like that. So maybe that's what he's upset about. And I mean, fine, these people have memories, you know, and if he is upset about that and decided to go go to a contender and not Vegas, maybe that was a shot now that we get, we tear in a little deeper into this, then so be it. So be it. I I mean, are we going to boost Asney now when he comes back to Vegas in, I think, uh, March or February when um, 
when Carolina comes, I don't think so. We're not going to boost Dasney, are we? I mean, maybe uh, Reeves, if he's not watering his lawn to the right schedule, but outside of that, like, what's the issue? Yeah, I did detect some bitterness when I was reading those quotes the other day from uh, Stastny. Uh, Kessel, by the way, seven games away from Keith Yandel's record of 989 consecutive games. He will tie the mark the seventh game of this season against Toronto on October the 24th. His thousandth game, his thousandth consecutive game will be November the 17th, ironically against the Coyotes a team that he really, I thought, took some shots at, you know, when he had his presser on Thursday in his car. And, uh, okay, does the, does the streak still count? Okay, if if Kessel, uh, at game 956 in Detroit, okay, they put him on the ice for one shift, 30 seconds, and then he got on a plane and went to go home because his wife was expecting their child. Does oh. that still count? Does that still matter? I mean, wow. come on. That's, that's, good. that's second, good digging, Tony. I, I had no idea. 30-second shift. It counts. It counts. Remember uh, Patrick Marlowe got the – once uh, the first TV timeout came, Patrick Marlowe got the got the show at T-Mobile uh, last year. So why not? Or two years ago, whatever that was. And then, you know, Kessel says he expects to have a big role here in Las Vegas. A top nine player or a top six player? There's no way you cannot put him on Eichel's line. He's just too slow. And I, I'm even concerned about Mark Stone, if he can keep up with the pace of Jack Eichel. Why, if you have Jack Eichel, why do you need another big speed skater out there? Why? Just someone that can keep up with him. I think that could enter the zone maybe at Equally, okay, no, and, and from that, around the same fair. time that's... as Eichel and, and can handle those passes. Now, we do know, we do know that the good thing about Kessel, he will be a major contributor on the power play. I think he bolsters the power play. And I think that's his, his biggest gift that he will bring to VGK uh, because he's a, he's a great passer. He's a great passer. He's an elite passer. And, yes, he said that that was an anomaly with the season last year. Uh, with the Arizona Coyotes. And I think now uh, he probably gets back on track. He should have, you know, a healthy season, hopefully, and he can contribute in so many ways. But I I also pulled up uh, something from Jay Fresh Hockey, Chris. Pretty interesting. They have this graphic. And, I mean, it was a bomb of a season. And he still wound up with 52 points, which is kind of – it's incredible, really. He didn't play defense. Uh, According to the analytics, he doesn't hit. Oh, he'll fit right in with this finesse team. He doesn't uh, get hit. He doesn't draw penalties, but he doesn't miss games. Besides that, everything's great. And I don't know why my, my I just flashed there, but it looks like we're still good. Um, so a little let's, lightning let's, in your neighborhood. Yeah, a little bit of lightning. Watch it, watch it. So, um, a couple things that I was taking out there. So, going back to the line combinations. Sure, can Kessel skate and maybe have a good, as solid, a, a fluid of a breakout, if you will, with uh, Jack Eichel? No, but what if you have Marchessault out there? Now you, you know, Kessel doesn't need to be the speedster. Kessel needs to be the person to find open ice or create space to find Marchessault and Jack Eichel once they're in the zone. That's where I think Kessel could line up. Um, back to the comments about the top nine. That's just McCrimmon. That's just some lip service right there. It gives us another option. I think he's going to be top six all day. And if Kessel is on the third line and things are clicking like that, folks, you know, that that was my biggest concern kind of coming out of the second half of the offseason is what's the third line going to look like? Now it's starting to take shape. I mean, there's a chance this drops Chandler Stevenson 
down to the third line now. And if Stevenson can find a way to click with someone besides Mark Stone, that could be really huge for us. I mean, I mean, geez, Stevenson, Kessel, and who cares who the other person is, right? I mean, what, Stevenson, Kessel, Amadio, if that's your third line, folks, and that's working out well, that's absolutely remarkable because maybe William Carlson might score 20 goals again. I mean, I'm still holding out hope for Carlson that that was more of a DeBoer thing. He scored 20 or more goals twice with uh, with Gallant, so that's my hope. And now you put an elite passer out there with him, that could certainly line up uh, line up really well for Kessel. I don't think I could miss the net if I'm playing with all that talent there now in the top uh, nine, say. I'm gonna, uh, careful, Tony. Six. I'm going I'm to put you on the ice. I'm going to put you on the ice one of these days now, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll put I'll give you a stick. I'll give you a puck, and I'll I'll put you 12 feet from uh, from it. Let's see how many empty netters you make. Okay, that's fair. And then I can slew foot you, maybe. If you can if you can catch me. Okay, <laughs> it's not hard. It's not hard to catch me on ice, folks. Hey, I'm sorry. One thing I I recall too, you know, he is. It's another when you talk about the locker room and missing that player that could really get this team charged up. I think Kessel is that guy. I remember the one playoff game uh, where he jumped on Evgeny uh, Malkin. There was one game I remember seeing highlights where he was just all over him because he did something wrong, but he is a team leader. And I think his new number, he's going to give up 81. 26. So graciously. Is, it's 29. 26. I think it's the flurry number, 29, in oh, honor geez. of flurry, and then taking some good shots at VGK. That's pretty funny. No, so I was – I did a little we, – we we were exchanging some texts because I thought Marchie was going to give up the number, and I think Marchie probably would have, but I think Kessel just said no. I, you know, I think Kessel's making the call for the number and, and not making Marchie have to make that decision, which I think is honorable and admirable, number one. But uh, Kessel, I think the story with him – he liked number eight, but everywhere he was trying to go, it was retired for, you know, obviously that's a pretty famous number, of course. So then he went to 81, just put the one on the end of it. Um, but I think in college, he wore 26. So I think that's the storyline there. So just based on historical uh, data, if you will, folks, I'm going to I'm going to handicap 26. And I thought Marchie was going to switch to 18 because that was his old number. He want that. That's what he wanted when he got to Tampa, but it was taken. So that's still, the story with the numbers there. Yeah, I still don't think VGK wants to, for some reason, they don't want to break up the Misfit line. I just get that feeling, and we'll have to see how things work out there. With if the it capacity. works, fine. Like, if the Misfit line works with with what we have now around it, okay, great. You know, and now all of a sudden, you know, we've been talking about uh, Braswan and uh, uh, Manaman and everything. Where do they fit in now? I mean, a lot of people just got pushed down. I mean, all of a sudden, the AHL, uh, the, the Silver Knights just got a pretty solid roster maybe for the first uh, five or six weeks as VGK tries to figure things out. And, uh, again, the deal is one year at $1.5 million, and so it also sexy. puts so, – <laughs> so it also put, Thank you. Uh, and it also puts uh, now uh, Kessel closer again, once again, to his really good friend, Rick Tockett. I did not realize that Tockett lives here. In Las Vegas now, he resides here, and those two have a long time, you know, friendship going on. So that's pretty interesting. And then again, those shots that Kessel took, nice playing for a team that wants to win. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, every one of these these uh, grizzled veterans, if you will, you know, that's that 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 that's the line right now, right, folks? It's uh, a team that wants to win. They want to win. They want to win. And VGK does want to win, folks. And I'll hit more on McCrimmon later, but you know, this is certainly a very good key signing that. I think generates some excitement right now. Um, I had one point about Kessel. Oh, say Kessel. Yeah, I got the, I got it now. So cap friendly put a stat out there. If 
Kessel produces at the same clip he did this previous season, getting 50-ish points or so, his contract, based on his output and AAV, would put him in the top 25% in the league at only paying, I think, 37500 a point or something like that. Um, I had a couple things out there, folks, and it got lost, obviously, but I was doing a lot of comparables with uh, Stasny and Nick Wah as far as, you know, just um, who's going to produce more, who's going to get more points, who's the better value for the team, because everyone's in love with Nick Wah right now in Las Vegas, which is fair, don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, I was certainly a little bitter that we couldn't get a deal for Stasny at the time. And now, obviously, I'm, I'm over that, though, of course. So we'll just leave that okay. buried in the Twitter. You putting field. up a number, Stasny versus Kessel? Oh, oh I'll, all day, Kessel's going to outscore Stasny, no doubt about that. I mean, just, just based on the data right there. I mean, I think uh, I think Stasny's ceiling is like probably an upper 30 points. Maybe he pushes 40 points if he has a good season. I think a conservative spot for Kessel is going to be 19 goals and 41 assists, like 60 points in that range. Look back what he did with Pittsburgh. Look what he did with the the dumpster fire of a team, the Coyotes. And look what he has around him right now. I mean, look what he has around him right now. There's there's a concern, folks, and this is Tony, where you and I are very aligned right now. It's finishers. Because now we have two elite passers. Jack Eichel is going to create space, whereas Kessel, he's not going to create space. He's just going to find you no matter what. But he's he won't find hit a way anyone. To sauce he's it, not going to hit anyone or be hit. And that's fine too. Whatever. I mean, it's a, it's, it's not the 1996 NHL anymore or the 1974 NHL where, you know, the players were skating in mud basically trying to get through the neutral zone. So I'm, I'm okay with that to a degree. We've, we've hit on that too about the physicality of EGK, but you know, we, we got a lot of passers right now and we're going to need, you know, Mark Stone, Nick Wah, Jonathan Marcheseau, probably most famously to become elite finishers now. And Marcheseau is an elite, fin- elite maybe is a little, little stretch, but Marcheseau is a sniper. He can finish very well. Um, Pacioretty was an elite finisher. We need someone to really fill that Pacioretty role right now, whether it's internal or maybe even external once the season starts. Coming up next, we will have an update on VGK's net minding situation. More after this. You're listening to Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net, the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, of course, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live, uh, live in game betting scores and podcasts, they have you all covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that is going down today. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back from Las Vegas. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick. You can find us on YouTube at VGK, Locked On VGK, that is, and at Locked On VGK on Twitter. I just want to get this week over with. Can you tell? I'm trying to spread out of here. Uh, so we wanted to talk about the net minding situation. And Kelly McCrimmon outlined where this VGK franchise is at yesterday. So Robin Leonard, not one, but two hip surgeries. One is done, and then they need 10 weeks in between the surgeries. And so, and then we also heard from McCrimmon, Chris, that Laurent Brossois is returning and calls him a proven NHL goalie. 
And so they will start the season. He says that Brossois is actually ready. He'll be playing. He'll be a netminder when everything happens here, when it starts, when the puck drops, all that. And so it's Logan Thompson and Laurent Brossois. Are you comfortable with those two goaltenders to start the season? It will not finish that way. Right? Um. All right. So we got a couple things there. Brossois, I am uh, Logan Thompson. Yes, there is a concern because of his lack of NHL games played. I'm comfortable with his ability. I'm comfortable if LT, I mean, we've talked, if, if he starts like 60 games, like we felt that's a good spot, right? We felt VGK might be in a good spot if LT gets about 60 starts or so. Pardon me. It might happen out of necessity now. Who, who the heck knows how that's going to play out? The reality, he is, I mean, this is, I don't even know if he was, last year was technically his rookie season based on his games play. This might even be his unofficial rookie season because he's obviously going to hit the minimum games played to achieve that number, so to speak. But looking at Brassois right now, I mean, this is a concern, folks. The most starts he's had in a season was with the Vegas Golden Knights this past season. And he couldn't even crack a 90 save percentage with a 290 goals against. That's the concern right there. Logan Thompson, I mean, is he going to start 66, 67 games to knock Brassois down and into the mid-teens? That's... That's a, a bit of a concern. That definitely concerns me. I don't know if Brassois is going to be the day one goalie, uh, the day one backup, we should say, based on um, his injury situation. It seems like he's ahead of his recovery based on uh, McCrimmon's recent comments, but I would not be surprised if it's Hutchinson or Patera as the backup for game one, and how long will it be until Brassois comes back? So I think this is a for now situation. If a change is going to be made, I can see a proven NHL netminder joining the team at some points, either either between now and training camp. Just because McCrimmon said uh, this is how it's going to be does not mean that's how it's going to be. That could be lip service, folks. This 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 could be that lip service that just the you know, and maybe it is not even lip service. Maybe in his mind he's not making a move, but you never know what might present itself right now. There are teams that are looking at VGK's situation, and they might knock on the door and kick the tires and. You know, McCrimmon might, you know, consider it and do the eyebrow dance. And all of a sudden, you know, we uh, we we make a deal. So am I concerned? Yes. Am I concerned? If Brassois has to play like 25 games, I don't know if that's going to bode well for the long-term situation for VGK. And if that's good for Logan Thompson's development even. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was a question posed to Kelly McCrimmon during the press conference about, I think it was Greg Wyshynski, uh, who always asked the really hard-hitting questions, I, I, I think, you know, national reporter on there. But he was asking, okay, so the timing of, you know, finding out when Robin Leonard had to undergo not one but two hip surgeries, okay, uh, was in July. I guess Leonard had returned to Las Vegas, and then they took him to a doctor, I think, in Houston, and they evaluated things, and he's back in Sweden. And, again, those two hip surgeries which will take a long time to recover. So he's out for the season. But, you know, the timing of that, it took all of those free agent goaltenders off of the market. And I think, you know, that that was something that really McCrimmon could not cover up. I think that the timing was not good, but you had to know that something was wrong with the hips of Robin Leonard, right? Before then, they and I guess what you happened in February, was, but yeah, <laughs> but they were going, but they were going to gamble perhaps that he could make it through another season. 
um, and then maybe have hip surgery later on. I don't know what what they were thinking there, uh, but real interesting because it did. I felt like it put them in a bind. Uh, they could have had a more experienced goaltender uh, there as maybe their number one or one A. No doubt, and you know we we talked about the timing and the concern, and we both immediately when the news came out with Leonard going to be gone, it was we were. We, we hit this. We hit this exact same subject, right? A lot of goalies have been taken off, but maybe there was hope that Leonard was going to be okay at some point in the first, let's just be conservative here. Maybe there was legit hope that he would be joining the team in the first third of the season, which then they'd have to make a decision with Brassois or Logan Thompson uh, as far as sending LT back to the AHL or uh, wavering Brassois and seeing how that plays out. So maybe there was you know, a perspective, hey, Leonard's going to be back. We're not going to sweat this a whole lot. I mean, he's your $5 million goalie. He has been up until this season pretty durable as far as games played and starts and stuff like that. We can argue the results, obviously, and actually we can't argue the results. The results are pretty clear uh, for the last you know, season and a half. They haven't been very good, but he can play. He's durable. He logs minutes. He logs games. Um, so I- I'm somewhat buying to an extent that either A, they knew this was happening and they, they're good with LT, or I would lean more towards the fact that they really thought uh, Logan, excuse me, um, Leonard. Yeah, my goalie's mixed up, Leonard would be able to join the team in the first third of the season and they ride the wave. Um, otherwise, I think they might have made a l- little more of an aggressive move, but maybe that changes the entire trajectory of the offseason, including not getting uh, Phil Kessel. Who knows? Yeah, I don't feel very comfortable with those two goalies starting the season. It's LT, a concern. It's fair. Yeah, LT, I think I've got, is more favorable with me. I feel that he could uh, definitely uh, continue to play consistent hockey. Brassois, I think, is a big question mark for me. And, you know, Kelly McCrimmon also said, you know, that they uh, now have the priority of signing Nick Hague. He didn't say sign and trade, I don't believe. Uh, he said that VGK is always that. open for business. <laughs> And they do have, what did we figure out now when all is said and done? About Probably four million? three and a half to four, I'd say. Okay, so four million still to sign someone. So, you know, McCrimmon said, okay, all of our RFAs we signed, uh, Howden and Wah, uh, White Cloud, Keegan Colasar. And uh, again, they are hopeful that they can sign Nick Haig. That's priority one in advance of training camp. And he also stressed that all those players – that uh, they wanted to go out and sign are under age 25. Yeah, no doubt. And Nick Haig definitely, I'm trying to look up, Cap Friendly put something else out regarding. Um, Haig? Yeah. No, regarding Cap Friendly put something out regarding where VGK actually sits right now with things. I'm just looking really fast here. Okay, we show the Vegas Golden Knights over the cap by eight, but they have 12. So basically there's about $4 million in change, plus or minus, to make a deal, which is more than enough money for Nick Hague. If, if Nick Hague gets $3.8 million, then, you know, God bless his agent for a job well done. Um, but there's definitely enough money for Nick Hague. And I don't think they want to go. Ar- we know VGK doesn't want to go arbitration. If he threatens arbitration, he's going to get paid. So maybe that's what he should do right now. Um, but I think they probably want to go with, go something with term with Hague. I think they feel long-term he's a good goalie to lock up. And he's also a good trade bait in the event uh, we do get a nice long year. You know, if we get him for, let's say, four and three, four years, three million per, you know, that that's a good uh, possible trade candidate, you know, as he starts to develop because BGK does that sort of thing from time to time. So I think they're probably going up and back about term and stuff like that. And they want to make sure the deal's fair on both sides. But 
the fact that it's taken this long, I don't know how like Nick Hague's going to feel about that. Is this going to upset a player like that, a young player like that? Does he feel he's not the priority? I mean, he's not the priority. We have other priority priorities on the team, but it's also August 26th. I think the players start skating in two weeks or something like that. I mean, they're yeah. probably having off-season workouts right now, just kind of getting back in. And he's technically, I mean, he he's on, he's a VGK, but it's, with the RFA, he's technically not, you know, signed yet and all sorts of weirdness that goes along with that. So maybe this is going to affect him. And maybe every day that goes by, he's going to get mad and want a little more money. Yeah, I, I can see that happening too. Again, uh, a young player and who knows where they're at as far as the negotiations are concerned. And if they can find like an extra million, million two, million five, uh, will they go out? And they they're finding good value. I mean, that's great value in Kessel. I don't, you know, regardless of what anyone says, where he's at in his career, shooting percentage, all Even that. He gets forty know. points. It's great value. Yeah, forty points. It's stellar value at one point five. Okay, Kessel versus William Carlson. Who has more points? <laughs> Kessel. Okay, coming up next, uh, Chris. That's good. It's that time. It is what the Friday. WTF is on the way. Stay with us right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On VGK. And it is that time again for our brand spanking new feature, which debuted a week ago. And we already have fans giving us some good stuff there on Twitter. And, uh, okay, so what the Friday, something WTF, uh, something that made you say with the VGK organization, what the, either positive or negative. And I, I'm just going to start off because I want to just take a shot at Kelly McCrimmon. Oh, so good, Tony. Who so has, good. Now, who has a worse background, McCrimmon or me? He's got the blinds in the background. Close those stinking blinds oh, so the okay. sun's not, like, coming in and everything. And, okay. Close the blinds, and then did you hear the noises of a child in the background every once in a while? <laughs> yeah, there was some kid there. Okay, find a nice, quiet space. You are there. This is a media presentation. But worst of all, I think his rotary dial 1960s phone has got to stop ringing when he's, when he's doing a presser. I was it was like, Nick Hayes Asian, Colin. Did you hear that ring? I did, honestly, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I had a very oh, busy day awful. working yesterday. He's got but this I loud ring on his rotary phone, and he's not here in Vegas, I don't think. He's probably in Canada. Does he have grandkids? Does he have kids? There's a kid in the background, for crying out loud. That's awesome. What the Friday? We, we were down in Boulder City doing some shopping uh, Yes, no, Thursday morning. That's yesterday. Maybe it was Wednesday. I don't know. But we were in the, some of the antique stores and stuff like that. We saw a bunch of rotary phones, so that, that, that got me going there. Okay. Mine. Okay. Fire so away. Sure. My, my What the Friday, it's for the VGK fans. It's not, it's not for the ones that are cool and comfortable and excited for the season. It's for every fan that is absolutely flipping the heck out right now anytime this organization does something. It's for the people that are the second VGK puts out a tweet about tickets Oh, I'm not going to a game until Marc-Andre Fleury is the goalie again. And you gave away Max Pacioretty. That's who my What the Friday is for. Folks, there is a process that we as fans just have to understand while these experts who know more than you 
who know more than me, who know more than 99.9% of the humans on the planet when it comes to composing an NHL roster properly. Stop flipping out, relax, and sit back. It's tough to say, folks. It is, and kind of based on what Tony just said about you know how McCrimmon projects himself at times, but this team, this leadership still deserves our trust and some rope right now. The first four seasons, folks, we've exceeded expectations. The two seasons, the first two seasons, we could have had much better success. Poor coaching hurts. Seasons three and four, we make deep runs. Season five, injuries, but that was our best roster that we've had. Who makes the roster? The answer is McCrimmon, McPhee, and Foley signs off on it. Now look what's happening in season six, folks. You know, Phil Kessel, hot dog Phil Kessel, sure, Mm -hmm. fine, whatever. But he now has brought some excitement and really has rounded out this roster. And VGK, in my opinion, has been elevated from a fringe playoff team to a comfortable playoff team that is going to make a cup run goaltending withstanding. I am not going to back down or start a fight with Tony over the goaltending because we are aligned. I love Logan Thompson. I'm glad he's here. I want to gamble with him. I think he can lead us. I think he can have that rookie magic and be that goalie that carries us. But he also has to prove that statement. And it's August 26th. It's easy to say that now. Let's see what we're saying November November 14th, January 12th. That's my birthday, actually. That's why I just pulled it out of the air. But let's see how things are going then. So my what the Friday is for the VGK fans that are lighting up Facebook right now, that are mad about, that are still mad about the Marc-Andre Fleury trade, that are still stewing about the Max Pacioretty trade. I mean, folks, we just traded Pacioretty, Dylan Coglin. In return, we got $5.5 million of cap relief and Phil Kessel. Relax. Enjoy the show, folks. Okay, this one, what the, comes from Timothy Hansford. He (laughs) says, I know this keeps coming up, but why do the bust look nothing like the players for those little statue giveaways? Who designed these? It's like they asked a class of great great Charles. (laughs) they asked a class of grade two kids to draw pictures of the players and then use those pictures as the models for the bust is the budget that low wtf friday (laughs) it's fair (laughs) he's got a point there no he's he's got a point there he's definitely got a point there definitely has a point there i only had one today tony so if you got more you keep going that was my only one today. That was my only one today. So if you got more, you can keep firing or I oh, can no, no. I'm out of the hat here. No, I'll keep firing. I'll keep firing. I'm I'm prepared today, you know, because it's Friday and I know it's WTF. And okay, I still don't understand something we talked about earlier. Why in the world they wait until July when all the free agent goalies are gone to announce that Robin Leonard needs not one but two hip surgeries. I still don't buy that they found out over the summer that he needed the hip surgeries. What the? It's fair. It's definitely in line. It's definitely in line. Okay. I got, I got a WTF. I got a WTF. We were down by Hoover Dam the other day. And of course, being the uh, responsible humans that we were at, on a Friday afternoon, about 1130 AM, we stopped at the casino. The Lodge Casino, or is it the Lodge? Yeah, the Boulder Lodge Casino, it's a shopping mall with casinos inside of it. There's a Dotties, 
But then there's like a red dragon. <laughs> and then there's uh what's the other little one? Um this the, the, there's it's so weird. It's like you're walking through a mall and there's four little casinos, then the main casino floor. So my what the Friday is for the Boulder Lodge. What the heck kind of design was that? <laughs> okay, we're gonna go off the grid. Uh okay, so Billy Joel. Billy Joel had a guest come out on stage at Madison Square Garden the other night. It was 19-year-old Olivia Rodrigo, who's on fire as a pop star, as we know. Really? He let her come out on stage, and she sang two of her... She sang her hit song, and then she sang another song, a duet, with Mr. Billy Joel. First song is called Deja Vu. And in that song, she has a line. Um, I'll bet that she knows Billy Joel because she used to play that uptown girl. And then so she sings that song, 19-year-old pop artist. And then after that, Chris, stay with me, okay? Then they sing Uptown Girl. It was great. The garden, but okay, she's she's a 19-year-old pop star. And I was like, what the F? She is out there with Billy Joel, who's in his mid-70s now. The audience is in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. And she usually has teeny boppers screaming out there. So I was like, what in the world? He brought out this 19-year-old artist. And you know that the parents were texting their kids at home or grandchildren, grandchildren, and saying, hey, who's this Olivia Rodrigo? <laughs> and you I wanted, just had to tell me. <laughs> and I wanted to. No, she's great, though, by the way. Great okay. performance. And, and uh, I wanted to ask you if you've ever dealt poker to Phil Kessel. To Phil Kessel? You mean Phil, like hot dog Phil Kessel? He plays? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. I've never dealt to Kessel. I've dealt to Phil Helmuth before. I've no, but never... Kessel plays poker. Yeah, I have not. and I have not knowingly, at least, interacted with Phil Kessel on the poker table. There's a good, if he does play and come out for WSP, there's a good chance I brush shoulders with him, but I probably would not have even recognized him, to be honest with you. But real, real quick, fun WTF. I did see one time uh, U2 on stage with Pearl Jam in Canada performing rocking in the free world so that's a positive wtf now that we're we're talking that but then another wtf would be the goo goo dolls opening for the rolling stones kind of along the same lines of people texting who the heck is this band so there you go there you go i was uh at the rose bowl when prince got booed off of stage when he opened for the rolling stones back in the 80s got booed off stage oh, oh and one more wtf watch the clock tony Cowboy Pete DeBoer, what in the world? He still says he's surprised that he was fired by VGK and the cowboy hat and all that. I'm I'm over it. WTF. Chris, great week. Thanks so much, man. We'll be back again on Monday. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tony Cardasco for Chris Golick, my man. And we'll see you soon right here on Locked On Golden Knights.